Hey everyone, back again. Today I'm going to talk about Foucault's interview text thing titled Friendship as a Way of Life. Now, as you can see, uh, for those who can see, I have my Foucault shirt on, of course, to represent. Uh, for those that are just listening to this, just know I have a Foucault shirt on because that's, you know, we have to uh, commemorate the occasion. Now, before jumping into it, hi, I'm David. I try to explain philosophical concepts and ideas in ways to make them accessible to you. So if you're new here, you can go check out my some 250 episodes I already have up. You can subscribe and see things I release every single week, sometimes twice a week. If you want to follow me anywhere other than here, you can find me uh, on Instagram at theory underscore and underscore philosophy or on Twitter at David Guineo. There are links for those things in the description. If you found this on YouTube, you're going to be able to find it in podcast form pretty much anywhere where you get podcasts. Or if you found this in podcast form, you're going to be able to find it on YouTube if you want the video where you can see my Foucault shirt. Uh, if you want to help me out, do all those things I already mentioned, like share, subscribe, leave five stars on podcast platform. Uh, you can also help me out monetarily via Patreon or PayPal, but obviously no pressure. And yeah, let's jump into this interview uh, that I actually I get out of this volume called The Hatred of Capitalism, which is a very, uh, it's, a, it's a good collection of essays and other short things that I, I recommend anyone buy because it's really a treasure trove of cool tech. So even though this is an interview, uh, I'm not going to go through each question that the interviewer asks. Instead, I'm just going to summarize the main points of this text. And right off the bat, I think it's important to note that this comes at a time pretty late in Foucault's life. Uh, he was in his 50s. And Deleuze and Guattari's influence on him was very apparent at this point. So he's going to be using terms like becoming and virtuality and intensity and these terms really are really are owed to Deleuze and Guattari because we don't really get them in Foucault's own writings. He doesn't really uh, deploy this language quite in this way, which is just kind of an aside point for anyone interested in their influence on him. But anyways, that influence is here. So the interviewer begins by asking Foucault about his thoughts about a French gay magazine at the time titled Le Gay Pied. And Foucault says that, well, this really isn't for him. At the time, he was a, a gay man in his 50s in France when this magazine was really catering to uh, the youth, people mostly between the age of 25 and 35. So he felt kind of outside of that space, but he commended its existence to say that it's, you know, a very wonderful thing. And for those that didn't know, uh, homosexuality was something that was pathologized for pretty much well all of Foucault's life. It was considered to be a mental illness. So to see this magazine exist at the time was obviously something he was very happy about. Now at the same time, this opens up some problems for Foucault, specifically what it means to be homosexual, to be gay at the time, and how certain images and certain ideas about homosexuality come to actually stand in for what might be a more radical project or a more radical way of life. So he meditates on this to ask, what does homosexuality mean for him? Is it just about physical attraction between, in this case, between two men? Or is there something more to it? Is it about opening up new alliances? Is it about opening up new ways of friendship, of emotionality, of being with others? And insofar as homosexuality was something that was condemned at the time, prosecuted in a lot of cases, and pathologized, to be gay meant to be uneasy. It meant living in a world in which you were going to be hunted down a lot of the time and needing to 
uh, seek out unconventional spaces in which to be gay. So just by virtue of existing meant that you were going to live an uneasy life. So he suggests then that homosexuality at the time was a kind of desire for uneasiness. Not for uneasiness for the sake of uneasiness, but there was just no other way around it. And so it is a project of creation. That is, it demanded opening up new possibilities for interactions, for emotional giving, for communication that were previously, and well not previously, but at the time certainly foreclosed, certainly uh, forbidden just by virtue of it being criminalized and pathologized. So the real radicality behind homosexuality is for, Co for, is for Foucault not to be found in the sexual acts themselves because those just lend themselves to a kind of pornography of affection, to a kind of immediacy of emotional uh, communication, to a kind of emotional depth. He is instead interested in the ways that homosexuality and being gay at the time opened up new possibilities of connection that extended beyond just physical touching, that extended into emotional connection, to other kinds of touching, even, even physical ones for that matter, that would disturb and unsettle the norm about what it meant to be a man at the time and the connection you could have with other men. Now he likens this to a homosexual ascesis, or ascesis. Now, Ascesis is a term that is used to describe the act of renouncing pleasure, to renounce the body's desires, which comes from the term asceticism. So the image we might think of this is like an ascetic priest that Nietzsche talks about, somebody who just lives a secluded lifestyle without any kind of pleasures, any kind of enjoyments, focused purely on the mind and the attachment and possible relationship with God. So he uses this term not to describe uh, gay people living a kind of hermit-like existence without any pleasure. He's instead interested in the element about a, about a thesis that implies the act of inventing oneself, where in the case of being gay at the time meant that you were always going to be undergoing your own kind of invention, needing to create new spaces because you didn't have institutions telling you how to live, how to exist. It meant perpetual negotiation with oneself with one's partners, with one's uh, family, with one's friends, that disturbed institutional norms, cultural norms, and opened up various new uh, lines of flight, which he, not a term he uses, but one that I would just like to use. And this is what he means by the term way of life. So friendship as a way of life. That is to open up a new culture, to open up a new ethics, to open up new possibilities of connections. And at the time, this was certainly foreclosed between men, and still very much to this day. To be in a relationship with another man meant that you were completely running against the fabric of what two men were allowed to do with one another. Now he compares this to the case of uh, being a gay woman, being a lesbian, in which the, the dynamic is different insofar as the relationships between women uh, who aren't in a romantic relationship can be a very close one. Women are allowed to talk about their feelings with one another. Women are allowed to touch one another, uh, consensually, of course, allowed to touch one another, allowed to engage with others in ways that men are not culturally allowed to do with one another. So being gay meant completely overhauling what it meant to be not only a man, but a man amongst other 
men to have these kinds of connections and to open up these new possibilities. And these possibilities are very much still foreclosed today insofar as toxic masculinity that dictates that men are supposed to be uh, tough, rugged, not supposed to have very strong emotional connections with other men. They're supposed to make fun of other men. They aren't supposed to love other men. They aren't supposed to hold other men. They aren't supposed to care for other men. Insofar as being gay disturbs that these gender relations, that is men between men, it is something of a radical existence. And of course, there are there would be certain certainly critiques of this dealing with homonormativity where uh, homosexual relations are just absorbed into the dominant cultural fabric. And of course, we could, we could talk about that endlessly. But for now, I think that it's important to acknowledge that, you know, at the time, Foucault is really onto something here and really drawing attention to the ways that just existing uh, in the ways that made sense to you being gay was in itself radical, not for the sexual acts that certain politicians and certain other institutional figures wanted to police, but in the relationships that it afforded and opened up. And not because it necessarily complied to any kind of mapping or plan, because that would just be to subsume it under the same kind of institutional frameworks that uh, condemned it and, and pathologized it, but instead to leave open these possibilities of transformation, to leave open up the possibilities of new connections, new uh, love relationships between people that were previously uh, and still to this day foreclosed and limited. And yeah, that pretty well covers it. I hope that I <laughs> covered every element of it. If there's anything I got wrong or anything I excluded, I'd love to hear about it. If you like what I did, like, share, subscribe. You can leave five stars. And yeah, catch you next time. Take care.